You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 32 with Chrissy King. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be bringing you this episode today with Chrissy King. Chrissy is a strength and nutrition coach, powerlifter, self-proclaimed truth teller, and writer with a passion for intersectional fitness. She empowers women to stop shrinking, start taking up space, and use their energy to create their specific magic in the world. When she's not serving her clients by empowering them to create stress-free and sustainable lifestyles and feel confident and empowered in their skin, she spends her time lifting all the weights, reading, traveling, and hanging with friends and family. So Chrissy and I are in the same mastermind together. That's how we met. And I knew from the moment that I met her that I wanted to have her on the show, that I wanted to get to know her better and talk to her more because she's just one of those people who, when you meet them, you can tell they fully own their worth. They own who they are. Uh, they're not afraid to use their voice. And you can really feel like that magic around those people. And she has a very important voice right now in our current climate in the world where we are becoming awakened to how important it is to talk about inclusivity and diversity and to make sure everybody, you know, feels included in this world, um, which she has really taught me so much because to be honest with you, and you'll hear, we have this conversation in the episode. I don't know how to talk about this stuff. I don't know what to say exactly. I don't know what's right or wrong, even though this issue is extremely important to me. So we really break that down and I'm appreciative of her work and bringing, you know, inclusivity and diversity to especially fitness and just to, you know, women in general, she breaks down the, the meaning of the word empowered, which, you know, I aim to empower women, but after learning of her work and getting deeper into all of this stuff, I realized that when we want to empower people, it really goes a lot deeper, uh, than the meaning of the word that we're used to. Something I also really love that we talked about in the episode was the fact that you can change your life. Like, you can go from somebody who feels stagnant in their life, who might not know what they want, maybe they feel unhappy, to somebody who can actually create things in their life like with clear intentions that you really want that really makes you happy. And you can also, you know, manifest people and things in your life by really thinking clearly about them and most importantly, believing that you are deserving of them. So these are things in particular that I had been thinking about for a really long time. And I just think it's so inspiring because I think a lot of us 
me included in the past, you know, can feel very unhappy. And we don't think that we have any other choice. We don't think that we can live a better life. We don't think that we can get stronger or be better. And when I say stronger, I don't just mean physically, I mean mentally and in all of the areas. So I hope this conversation inspires you to take some action, to know that you can have the life that you want, and to also know that like the work never ends too. Uh, you know, I, even though I've, I am a different person than I was maybe five or six years ago when I first uh, began to feel that rumbling in my gut of being like, you know, this might not be working for me. I want something different. I want something better. Through time, you can take little baby steps that one day you're like, wow, uh, this is what I want right now. And also, I must reiterate that like, the work never ends. So, And Chrissy says that too. So I hope you guys are inspired by this episode. Also, Chrissy has a program, a strength program called Barbell Badass that is dropping today on May 22nd, the day this episode comes out. She talks about it in the episode. Definitely check it out. A link for it is in the show notes. Um, And that's pretty much it. All the juicy stuff is in the episode. So let's just get right into it. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Chrissy. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you for a little bit. I'm so excited too. So you and I met in uh, Jill Coleman's Mastermind program, which I was super intimidated to join, but I'm so glad that I did because it's just amazing. Everybody is super inspiring and yeah, just super glad that I took that, you know, out of my comfort zone step to do that. But for people who might not be familiar with you or your work, tell us what you do now and how you kind of got to the point to doing what you do today. Big question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's loaded. um, I am a strength and nutrition coach, um, and I also consider myself to be a writer. I work primarily with women, um, actually just only with women. I don't know why I said primarily. (laughs) Um, And I really am just working to help them feel confident and empowered in their bodies and for everybody that looks a little different. So sometimes that involves like fat loss, sometimes it's purely strength goals. Um, So I kind of do a little bit of all of that. I have some do-it-yourself programs um, out that I really love. So I'm a power lifter. Um, so strength is like a major for me. So I really like to speak on strength and how it's empowering for women. Um, and then in terms of writing, I love I love, I like to write about all kinds of things, but I particularly really enjoy writing about like feminism, um, intersectional fe- feminism specifically. Um, and my goal is just to bring more representation to the fitness industry um, and that it's more inclusive in general for everyone. Um, so how I got into this work into what I'm doing now, uh, probably like five or six years ago now, I just joined a gym for like my first time in my adult life. Um, and I really was in a place where I just wanted to lose weight. Like that was it. I just wanted to be skinny. I had no goals of anything other than like shrinking my body. That was why I was at the gym. Um, and so I was doing a lot of cardio primarily. Um, and I had in my early adult life, I had a past of a lot of yo-yo dieting, Um, so I just never really had a healthy relationship with my body. So anyways, I joined this gym. I ended up getting a personal trainer and my first session with her, she was like, okay, we're going to do some like strength training. And I was like, no, 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 no. I told (laughs) you that I'm here to lose weight. I don't need to lose. I don't need to like lift any weights. I don't want any muscles. I just want to be skinny. 
Um, and so like, obviously I didn't have an, an understanding of how like fitness works or that strength training would be a great thing for my body, but I trusted her and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this even though I don't want to. Um, and it turned out great. And actually I just really fell in love with strength training. Um, and through this long course, it wasn't, it wasn't a quick journey, but it was a longer journey. Mm -hmm. I really, first off, I dropped my goals of just wanting to be skinny. Um, and I really, started embracing fitness for all that it could do outside of just shrinking your body. And I really fell in love with strength. I started powerlifting. I started competing. Um, and I really changed all of my viewpoints on my relationship with my body. And now I'm in this place where I'm all about taking up space. And that does not mean just physically, that is part of it, but also just like um, taking up space in your life in all areas. So if you're in a corporate arena, take like walking into all the spaces like you deserve to be there, you own who you are unapologetically. Um, and just taking up space in your life and believing that you deserve a seat at any table that you want to be at. So that's kind of the quick version of how I got to where mm -hmm. I am. Yeah, it's always kind of a longer story. And it, I think it's good what you mentioned that these things don't happen overnight. You know, people think sometimes like, oh, I'll just read this book or I will take this course and then I'm just going to change like a light switch. But yeah. I want people to know that it's okay that it takes a long time that you know, you can have incremental changes that like one day you'll be like, whoa, exactly. I'm a totally different person. Do you agree that that's kind of how that works? I 100% agree. Like it doesn't just happen like overnight. It doesn't just happen from reading one book. And what you said is so exactly right. It's like incremental changes that sometimes in the day to day, it's really hard to even notice those incremental changes. And I tell my clients this even with like fat loss, right? Like you don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden you've lost, you know, 20 pounds. Like no. any change that you're making in life, they're incremental changes that sometimes it's hard to see day to day, but those things add up and they're cumulative. And one day, like you said, you turn around, you're like, whoa, everything's different now. Yeah. Um, but it's success and it takes time and it's not, there's no quick fixes, you know, and it's hard sometimes because I think, with the age that with digital age that we live in and with social media like we can it's very easy to want to have like a micro a microwave mentality like things are just going to happen really fast mm -hmm. and nothing really happens that way usually and it's so interesting to me even because people will like see your progress and like fitness or business maybe or whatever and they'd be like oh my gosh like everything's just happening for you and it's like well if this is years in the making right? exactly you're not seeing all the underneath you're not seeing all the times that you're like working hard by yourself or doing all these things that are, you know, like challenging things that you're not seeing immediate results for. Um, but people just see like the finished product and they're like, oh, my God, I want to do that, too. And it's like, well, there's a lot. It's a lot. It takes it's time it's for things to take time, you know, it is. And I think it's a learning lesson because I'm a person that is still deals with like a lot of impatience and wanting to rush things. Yeah. Um, so it's always like I get put back in my place every time with <laughs> you know wanting things like in business this is with anything with taking up space with owning yourself with building your self-esteem uh the fact that it takes a long time i think is a lesson in and of itself that can kind of bring us back and it's more satisfying in the end and it also never ends either never ends and this is i mean yeah exactly we talk about um it's pretty like i talk to a lot of the clients about body image stuff and it's like you know, sometimes the the space of like self, the body positivity, self love space can be um, a little convoluted in the fact that it's like, oh, you should just love your body. And like that, while that's cool, like it doesn't happen like that, though. It, like you don't just wake up one day. If you don't like your body, you don't like the way you look in the mirror, it's very unlikely that like just love yourself mantra is going to like help you flip the script. And then the next day mm -hmm. you're just going to look 
I'm like, I love myself. Like it doesn't happen that way. Um, and what ends up and like people do need to realize that in any, in any arena, if it's body image or whatever, that things just don't turn like that because what ends up happening, particularly with body image, it's like, okay, people are saying, just love yourself, but you don't understand it doesn't happen just like that. And so now you're frustrated with yourself that you can't just love yourself. Yeah. Like can so it's like another layer of frustration on top of it and it's so true that like we never get to this place whatever arena we're in where everything is just better because even when me like I do have a great relationship with my body now but there's still days where I wake up and I'm like mm, I don't really like that you know so it's, yeah. it's a thing process like you never arrive and no matter what we're talking about like there's still like you said like with impatience I'm the same way even though I know right exactly <laughs> we intellectually know these things you know, but then you still get impatient some days and you're like, oh, why isn't this happening the way I want it to happen? So it's definitely one of those things that like we're always, always working and growing and changing and you never just arrive at this place and everything is just there. Exactly. And that really keeps us on the hook and present. You know, there's not a moment where we can really like fully relax. Um, I mean, obviously like in life you relax, but just like with our pursuits. um, But I think that molds us to be like a stronger individual Um, and everything. So I really love what you just said about um, all those things. In terms of body image, I know a lot of people have that struggle that you just talked about. Like they're just not in a place where they like their bodies. They can't even look at them in the mirror. They cannot, they do not physically feel comfortable. And what's out there is exactly what you said. Just love your body and, you know, then you will love your body. So what are some tools that you would give people to begin that journey to feeling comfortable in their bodies again? Um, so that's, yeah, there's a lot of things that I would suggest, but, um, and I think the first thing I always tell people, like it's a work in progress. This is not something that is going to flip right away, which I already mentioned. So just be aware of that. And I think like, the first place that I suggest people try to get to is not to a place of like, I love myself, but a place of like, you can look in the mirror and not say a thousand disparaging comments about mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Like, yeah. because when, realistically, if you like, I don't even want to look in the mirror. Or every time you look in the mirror, you're like picking your body apart. That jump from there. to like, I love myself is a massive leap, right? Like that just doesn't happen. So trying to get to a place of being more neutral with your body where you can look at it and say, you know what? I don't love my body, but I'm not going to be like, saying I look like whatever, whatever I look gross or I look disgusting, like those kind of things, um, to get to a place where you don't have to do that. And then also I always challenge people to think about like, think about what it is that they really, what would make them feel like if they could picture themselves a year out from now and they were in a place that they considered to be a good space with their body, what would that actually look like for them? Right. Um, because I think a lot of times it's easy to be like, I just want to like myself or I just want to look in the mirror and like what I see, but what does it actually mean? Like, how do you want to feel in your body? How do you want to feel in your skin? What would be like a marker of like, you feel good about yourself. So to really like look at your future self, um, and what that would look like. And then another thing that I like to ask people to do eventually, and this is not right up front, but like one of the things that I do is like some people, for example, say like, I've never, I don't wear tank tops in the summer because I hate my arms. Right. Um, I think that like getting over yourself sometimes, which I know that might sound a little harsh, but sometimes getting over yourself is just like, what's the worst case scenario? Like if I wear a tank top to the grocery store, is anything going to happen? And the reason I say that is because so many, for so many of us, at least for myself, a lot of my issues around my body or the way I felt around like what I need to look like or I need to shrink my body started when I was like an adolescence. I think that happens for a lot of us because when we were in high school and middle school, like kids are dumb, right? Like Totally. 
right? They say things and we focus on things that as adults, no one really cares about. Like nobody really cares if your arms aren't toned when you're at the grocery store. But like maybe you had an experience as a child where someone made fun of your arms or your legs and now you have taken that with you into your adult life. Um, I remember like the first time I went on a diet was when I was in high school and a boy made a comment about my weight and I was like shook. And so I went on this crash diet. I lost a bunch of weight. And then when I came back, to, well, not when I came back to school, it wasn't like I left school, but like people noticed when I like got to this point where everybody else then just noticed that you lost weight, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was just getting so much validation from my peers in high school about how great I looked. And so then that was like, okay, this is what I always need to do. I always need to be the smaller size because people will like the way I look. And so all these things happen as we're like most, for a lot of us and most women can tell us an example of something that happened that they never forgot. Right. Like this was when I was 16 or 17 and I remember exactly who said it. I remember exactly where it was. Like I remember all the details around that story. Um, and then we take it into our adult lives and we never really realize that like we can let those things go. Yeah. And, and that it can kind of bleed into other areas of our life, like not only with like our bodies and our body image, but like the way we are in relationships or at work. Um, and it's so funny that you say that you had like a poignant moment for you that you remember like that. Cause I have the same thing. I had always been kind of, um, you know, overweight growing up and, um, to where I am now, like I probably lost 60 or 70 pounds, but growing up, I was like a big binger and was always on a diet at the same time too. And I remember one time I was on a trampoline with one of my neighbors and her little sister was talking about, um, me and her, the girl who's on the trampoline with me. And she's like, Oh, Stephanie, you're a one and Ashley's a one and a half. And I was like, Oh shit. Like that means I'm, you know, then we put all these labels on it. Like I'm different. I'm weird. I'm, bad, you know, because I'm in this larger body and we take that into, like I said, all these different areas. So yeah, I think it's beautiful what you said and that we can take, you know, what you embody and take ownership of, of those things. And I don't know if you're familiar with, um, Janine Roth. She's uh, an author that writes about food. No, no, I'm not familiar with her. She is amazing. She has a book called Women, Food and God. Um, oh, the book actually, but no, I'm not, I'm not familiar with her work though. She is incredible. And she really talks about all of these things. And she has this exercise that she has, uh, her, she hosts retreats and she has this exercise that she has the retreat, uh, participants do where they take a piece of red string and they make, they sit down and they make like a circle around themselves. And she says like, okay, this is your space. This is what, you know, you embody, you need to take it up. And some people just start crying because they're like, oh my God. I never knew that I could own any space at all, even this just like tiny space around me that I've outlined with this red string. So I know that you talk about that too. So I would love if you could go into what taking up space means for you and how we can really embody that in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't even remember when exactly I started talking about take up space, but um, Again, a lot of it has to t- ties back to like this idea that um, like there's just like society is always trying to basically encourage women to shrink, right? In like different ways, like their bodies for sure. Like there's this idea that women need to be like a, we need to be a certain size. Um, so that's part of it, but also that like we should just like shut up and be quiet. Yes. <laughs> like, 
and just like, you no, know, stay in our quote unquote, stay in our place. Um, and the fact is like, we don't have a place, like our place is wherever we want to be. Um, and so like, there's still, even though it's like we're 2018, men are still very intimidated, the patriarchy, right? It's still mm-hmm. like very much oppressing women in, in ways every day. And we totally don't have to fall into that. And so I just, like so for one like I said taking up space physically and the fact that like I don't need to shrink my body to 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 like meet societal via standards I don't have to I don't need to look a certain way and I'm really opposed to I mean when we think about like the fitness industry like as obviously I'm a part of the fitness industry so I, I really like it but then there's also parts of fitness that really prey on women's insecurities um and marketing that basically will like oh I'm like I really can't handle marketing that's like I know yeah or get rid of the cellulite or shrink or get these six pack app. Like I can't deal with that kind of marketing because I think it's very intentional to prey on women's insecurities. Um, and I recently even started talking about like the fact that I don't for like my own marketing, I do not put pictures of my clients before and after pictures and on like websites or like on social media. And like, I'm not condemning other people for doing that. But I also realized that that can be a really big trigger for people because then again, it's always this idea that like I went from this body to a smaller body and now this is better. Yes. Right? And I'm just really getting away from that because like we don't do reverse pictures, right? Like I have yeah. a small- and I have a large body and that's also just as fine, right? So like it's still these unintentional messages that like when you take this body and and here's the thing, there are obvious benefits to weight loss, such as like maybe you feel better in your skin, you feel like and not even weight loss, I should say to moving your body. When you move your body um, and you make healthy choices in terms of nutrition that fuel your body, you generally feel better, right? And for me, like that's the goal. However, Sometimes that means you lose weight because you did those things or whatever. But I'm just really getting away from glorifying that like this body is better than because that's all a, a before and after picture is, right? Yeah. Like, oh, how great you look now, and it's like, well, look how great she looked before too. Like, it's just a choice, and so I just think it can be a trigger for people. And again, it's not that I think other people. I'm saying other people should do it. It's just a personal choice for me, um, because it's just these subtle messages always around fitness that like now you've changed your body and it's better. So anyways, I'm, I think the fitness has a lot of intentional and unintentional ways in which we prey on women's insecurities. And I don't like that. <laughs> um, so, um, I just want women to feel comfortable in their bodies, whatever they look like. You don't need to look a certain way. You, your body is not better when it's a smaller, when it's a smaller size, your worth and value is not determined by the size of your waistline. Like that's not, and also like fitness the sole purpose of fitness is not to shrink your body like you can be you I don't do fitness I don't go into the gym with the intention of like changing my body I go into the gym because I like the feeling of strength I like the feeling of being empowered I like the the feeling of the natural endorphins that come with exercise so taking up space in that way and also that like it's cool I remember a couple of years ago I had this guy friend that told me like I should stop hitting arms so much upper body because my arms are getting too muscular oh god and it's like, yeah, no, that's not, I actually, I'm not going to, I'm going to do more upper body more. Yeah. Right. So like in terms of like, we can take a space, like it's cool if we want to have muscles, your body, however you want your body to show up, it's yours and you can show up however you want to. And then there's also these reverse messages that sometimes I've started, or I think they're less now where like strong is the new skinny. And like, I don't even like that either. Right. Like your body is your body. There's no right way wrong to have it. And like, you can take up space, however, physically, however you want to, whatever feels good for you, that is your prerogative. Um, so that, and then also, um, you know, just talking about taking up space in terms of like, 
I deserve to be wherever I am and that I'm unapologetic about, unapologetic about it. Um, and particularly like, uh, I, I, I say, I feel like I'm speaking more to women when I say a lot of these things, but just for women, um, just being comfortable and confident in like whatever situation you're in. Um, and just knowing that you deserve to be there. And I think for myself, there was a long time where I felt like, um, uh, and so strength was really transformative for me because my story was that when I was before I got into fitness, I just was physically very weak. Like I couldn't do a lot of things physically. I, did, I couldn't do pushups. Like it was like a running joke in my family that like I was just like a weakling. Right. Mm. So I just kind of owned that narrative that like I was just weak. Like that's, that's just who I am. I can't help it. Like I'm just not strong. Yep. And so then once I started powerlifting and particularly like that all changed and I realized that strength is earned and it's a skill just like anything else. Right. So anybody can be strong. I don't, I'm not like destined to be a physically weak person for life. <laughs> but what was really tr- cool about that is that that really helped me realize that like if I had told myself this narrative that I could not be, that I wasn't strong physically, like what other narratives have I told myself that just weren't true about things that I could or could not do? Oh, yes. Um, so then it just like kind of bled into all areas of my life and I realized that like I can do all of these different things that I just had told myself these stories that I couldn't and that I can do them. And then, um, yeah, like, so you can take up space in everywhere you can, in any space that you're in, you can own that and you can be like, I deserve to be here. And you can walk into a room with confidence, like no matter what the room is, right? Like, even if, even if I'm going into a space where I feel like a little intimidated because there's always, we always feel that way at times, right? Like when mm-hmm. you talk to the mastermind, it's like intimidating, like all these new people here. Yes. Like, I don't know anybody, so it can feel very like, oh, I don't want to do this, out of the comfort zone, right? So even when we're in situations that we're out of our comfort zone, we can still walk in the room with confidence and just knowing that, like, you deserve to be in this place just as much as anybody else does. Um, and you should not shrink your voice. You don't need to shrink your opinions. You don't need to shrink anything. Like, you deserve it to be here and you deserve to take up that space. I have chills now, like, hearing that because that's something that – I have felt so many times in my life because like you said, you're given these narratives, like whatever it is for any person. And it becomes like literally cemented in our brains, like the neuropathways become habit, you know, in thinking that way. But what's important to know is that we can like slowly dismantle those things and create something new for ourselves with deliberate action and having that autonomy in our bodies and in our lives and knowing that our voices are okay to be heard. And like you said about the mastermind, I remember like following Jill a year before I joined and seeing her like Instagram story about it. And I'd be like, wow, look at those girls. That's amazing. They're all working on their businesses, like thinking I didn't deserve to be there, you know, like, oh, they're just like a level above me or whatever. And then this year in January, going to LA, being super scared, to show up in that room with like everybody like owning their businesses and everything. And that really gave me like energy and it was totally fine in the end, but I was super scared um, to do that. Yeah. And I think that's such a normal feeling to always be like, even like, because in the spin space, you're like, Oh, but they're like at a different place than I am. Right. And like, I don't, I'm really like the, the more and more confident I get in myself and who I am, the more I'm like, I don't need to feel that way. Like, sure. They may have a bigger business than you and sure. They may have been doing this longer than you, but like, we don't have to, like, there's a level of respect I have for everyone. Right. But you don't have to put people on a pedestal. Like, um, in terms of like, I don't deserve to be with those people. And, and that sense is what I mean, mm-hmm. because you 
absolutely do, right? Just because someone's been in business longer than you and has a busy, bigger business doesn't mean that you're not your knowledge and what you have to add to the table is not just as important or valuable. So yeah, totally. And, and what I think too is interesting as like, uh, you know, the narrative around women is like palpably shifting nowadays, um, with the political climate and everything there was for me. And I think for a lot of women, this narrative that like you're both too much and at the same time, not enough. Yeah. Um, so did you relate to that sort of notion as well? That's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Um, yeah, I think so. And I mean, especially the notion of like, you're just too much. Right. And that is also like ties and taking this space because like, I'm not too much actually, like I'm exactly who I need to be. And I realized that like, that could mean that for some people, like they, I am too much for that person and that's totally actually okay. Yes. Great point. Right. Like we're just not a match. It's like what I'm talking. And and this is like, I'm so glad you're bringing this up because even when like I made a visual shift in like my social media, my business and what I was talking about, um, probably like around like just over like around a year ago, actually is when I first started. Um, because prior to that, like I was really, really concerned about talking about things of race, politics and feminism, um, on my social media, mainly because I was like, I don't know how people are going to react to me Mm -hmm. talking things like how does that tie into fitness and so I was really careful about what I would talk about and but the thing was like I would my message wasn't really connecting with people and also like I didn't I wasn't really writing things that I was like enthused about because I was just trying to keep things very vanilla because I didn't want to ruffle people's feathers blah 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 and then like one day I just was like you know what I'm just gonna write this article because it's been on my mind and I have no idea what people are gonna think about it Um, And the article was about, like, the lack of representation in fitness. And so the article was entitled, like, is fitness only for thin white women? And it was, like, the scariest thing for me to write that. Mm. Um, So I remember posting it to social media. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to shut off social media. I'm not going to come back for hours because it was, like, I was actually, like, really nervous about having posted that. And when it came back to social media, actually the opposite has happened is, like, people were sharing. Like, I never had people share my articles before. Mm. for sharing the article and like there was like tons of comments and people were like thank you for writing this and so I realized that like it was like a, a turning point for me because I realized that for one like when I'm true to myself and I write about things I'm really passionate about like that's when I get the like that's when I first got people like actually paying attention to what I was writing yeah um, and then number two I realized that like I mean I did get a couple of trolls right but what I realized is like that's actually okay because I should want to show up fully as myself and because this is who I am. And for the people who don't like what I'm talking about, like, that's cool. They're just not, we're not for each other. And so there's absolutely nothing wrong with not being for me. Um, and so, and then like after that, I just got really comfortable being myself and showing up as myself online, the same person I am outside of like when I'm like not online, right. I want to be the same person all the time. So I got really comfortable with that. Um, and so I'm sure that there are some people who come to page and like, she's just too much for me. Like what she talks about is too much. And that's cool. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, they're just not, we're just not for each other. Yeah. And realize that everybody is not going to be for you. Right. Yes. Which can be tough to accept when you've been used to being like a people pleaser, somebody who just like is vanilla. Um, and I went through that same thing and I remember actually posting about it in our, in our, um, mastermind Facebook group being like, I really want to share these things. I want to talk about my eating disorder and these things that like, and my like anxiety and depression, things that like really aren't talked about a lot. Yeah. And you were like, just do it and run away for a second. You know what I mean? And then come back and it's going to be okay. And that was really a huge shift for me. And 
it's okay if people don't like your stuff, if they don't like you. Like you said, if you are an opinionated person and you have like strong thoughts about, um, you know, certain topics, it's actually, I think, better if people are not, um, you know, resonating, if some people are not resonating with it, because if you have an opinion, that's normal. Yes. That's like just a, you know, a natural side effect of voicing things and I think too and particularly for you which I was told you as uh before we started recording that when I met you and like when I'm around you and stuff you just have this energy that you're like I'm the shit and I'm awesome and like I told you it's not a conceited energy it's just like full ownership of who you are so I feel like that energy is felt when you meet people even online um you know on people's social media posts and blog posts and articles um if a person is being truly authentically themselves whatever that may be uh that comes across and people really love that yeah i definitely think that you can feel people's energy even through the internet which is yeah. kind of interesting yeah. thing, but i know but it's true but it's true though like i i really do feel that you can feel people's energy. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I just think it is scary though. Right. I, I mean, I'm again, going back to our previous conversation earlier where you talk about like, it just wasn't like, I didn't always show up like that. Like it's a process, you yeah. know? And, and so it definitely took me, a, like, I don't think it was till I was like, probably, I, I actually don't think I was probably till I was like 30 that I really felt like just comfortable, like with myself completely. And like, this is it, this is who I am. You like it or you don't like it. Like, that's totally fine. Um, because it is scary. And I think also like when you're just starting out online, like this is what I struggled with personally when I was just starting out online, like, and I was building a platform, like I felt like, well, if, if people don't like me, then no one's going to like show up, you know? So it's just like this feeling of like, I want to be like, and I, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So, right. So that definitely plays into it too. Right. Yep. Um, so it was that, but then like, and Jill talked about, talks about this a lot. And she told me this from the beginning, but I just, it takes, again, you can hear something, but it doesn't till really like you internalize it doesn't really work. But, um, she was always saying like, it's okay to be who you are. No, not okay. Not even it's okay. You should be who you are online and there will be people who don't like it, but that's actually better because like, you know, you want your audience to be there because they like who you are, not because they like the person you're pretending to be. Right. Yes. And so it, like, if you are just who you are from the beginning, the right people are going to show up and then it won't be the shift later. So for example, if like I just kept not talking about things I wanted to talk about for like five years and all of a sudden I flipped the script, the script and like, okay, I'm going to start talking about these things. Now people will be kind of confused that have been following me all along. Yeah. Right. They're like, from I, this is not what I signed up for and so in a lot of ways I think it just pays to just be who you are from the beginning not to say that your messaging won't change over the years because mm-hmm. things change right like even things I wrote last year I'm like no, I don't really feel that way anymore <laughs> so things are always going to be changing but there is a lot of benefit to just showing up authentically and people I do think feel that energy so absolutely and your message is something that is needed and You wrote an article on your blog that I found really interesting because empowered was a word that I used for a long time. And I still use it to talk about like, you know, your food freedom or your food choices. And I found that article just super thought provoking just because I had never thought about that word and the weight that it carries. 
So I would love for you to talk about um, what that word means uh, to you and like the real meaning of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I love the word empowered. And so what prompted me to write that article is because I think it had become a little cliche in the fitness industry. Um, and because it's cool, like being empowered is a great thing, right? Yeah. Like it implies like you're taking ownership um, and you have the power to show up however. Like, so I think the word in itself is really important word, but I also think there's like this place where everybody started using it for like everything. And, and again, I'm not policing people's use of words. That's not it. My point is with that word is that like, it has to go beyond just like these personal choices. Um, and so for example, I talk about empowerment in terms of like, uh, intersectional feminists are just feminism in general, right? Like women empowering women. That's really important. And I think like, uh, feminism is, like I, I consider myself to be a feminist, so I think it's a very important topic. However, like when we talk about intersectional fem- feminism in particular, it means more than just like, oh, let's fight for each other's rights. That's cool. But like, how are we showing up for women across the board? Because there's one thing to be like, oh, women need equal pay, right? Mm-hmm. Women do equal pay. But then we look at statistics like black women make 82 cents to the dollar of white women. Hispanic women only make 72 cents to the dollar, I believe, overall. Don't quote me on those exact numbers there. Mm-hmm. But range so when we're talking about equal pay like it has are we talking about for everyone or just like one sector of the population and so um particularly feminism i'm going to talk about feminism specific to this it's like are we hearing these same feminist voices so when um like the election everybody was like you know the women's march all that's really empowering cool stuff happens but then when something happens to like a black woman of color who is like you know, a victim of police brutality. I am not seeing the whole feminist crowd <laughs> come to talk about these issues, right? And so, like, our feminism, ha- feminism has to be intersectional because it has to understand that the intersection of race and politics and gender and class and all these things um, matter. And so we can't only show up for, like, the certain issues and then be silent on the other ones. And so when I talk about the word of empowering the empowerment and particularly women empowering each other is that like that word needs to be more than just used flippantly. Yes. Because it really, it is more important than, than just not more important. Yes. You can be empowered in your life to do whatever you want to do, like empowered for food freedom or empowered for like, um, fat loss, whatever your empowerment looks like. But I also think that's a very strong word and it's a really big word um, and it holds a lot of power outside of just those other things. And how are we actually showing up for other women, truly showing up for other women, particularly women that don't look like us, like women that look different from you. Are you still showing up for them in the same way? And are you really here for like the deep work? Because empowerment, like if you're saying women are empowering each other, you're really like showing up and holding space for women. And in my opinion, you're showing up and you're holding space for women. Like, are you really willing to do that work? And there was recently some, um, like, flack. This clothing company started a new clothing line, and I don't know exactly what it was about, but it was. I know they used the word empower in women and all this. And they caught a little. Um, they caught a little flack because, like, they took this. They grew pictures of women, empowered women, um, but all the women look the same, mm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and not just in terms of color, but like body size and body shape. And like, it's like interesting to me because particularly in fitness, when we use this word empowered women, we, and you see like photos around it, you tend to see women who are thin and, um, kind of shredded is the word I guess I would use. And those are the, like the pictures of empowered women. Yeah. And 
that doesn't even make like there's only one type of empowered woman like and it's not and the word empowered woman is not about like even being strong physically necessarily so I just like I think that there's a lot more to that word and I think it's a lot nuanced and I just I get a little like wary of using words because it seems like in in style that's not really the right word but it seems like cool right now to like talk about being an empowered woman but like we have to talk about what does that actually mean to be an empowered woman yeah yeah totally and and to be honest with you i because i grew up in miami um i've lived here my whole life for the most part and miami's a melting pot um you know so and i'm hispanic you know my entire family is hispanic and um like my dad's cuban and my mom's from nicaragua that's like where we're from and all my friends are from different places, different colors, like people from Italy, people from Puerto Rico, like, and that's how I grew up with tons of different people around me that looked different, that spoke different languages, that uh, just were from different cultures, maybe from mine, or maybe not, you know, and it was like, that's how I grew up. So as I started to kind of like, venture out from my city, of course, I traveled and stuff, but like, you know, knowing that like maybe in other places in the US, it isn't like that. But like, I honestly didn't know, you know. And for me, I have and this is a big part of the reason that I wanted you to come on the show. um, Not only to talk about like taking up space and, you know, uh, even though those are those things are amazing. But just like in the in this past year, I've just realized how much I don't know about this stuff. And I think that your voice is so powerful in educating people about um, about these things because, like I said, I just wouldn't know that the word empowerment means those different things because I had been living that way, um, yes. just by the way that I was born and raised. And um, so, how can people who don't know how to talk about it, maybe like me? Uh, begin to talk about these things because like I said I just thought it was a given um and I think maybe a lot of people think that way too or just might not know things they might feel ignorant um so yeah how can we begin to talk about this especially if we are people who want to help people so I know that you talk about that a lot as well that like if we want to help people especially in the fitness space or in the health space we need to encompass everybody and make sure that everybody's welcome Yeah. So I think, well, one thing is, so I think you talked specifically about like your experience growing up around a lot of different people, which is great. Right. So, um, I think like, so my, I grew up in the Midwest where it's not really like that. (laughs) So, um, I grew up, I'm from Milwaukee, um, and the city of Milwaukee itself is like just super segregated. So it's like one of the most segregated cities in the country actually. So, um, I think the one thing I always, ask people like so I think for you your I think your experience may be different from some a lot of people yes. which is fantastic actually that you have that experience but for people I would say ask yourself like how many people do I come in contact with that don't look they look different from me like on a regular basis and a lot of people like if they're honest they just don't have other people around them I think there's obviously like if you live in New York City or something like that like another place where it's going to be tons of different people. But like, what is your, like, what is your media circle like? Or what are the people in your circle? Like, are they all different? Even when you're like on your timeline and social media, like who, who's all on your timeline? Are they people that look different from you? Or is everybody kind of similar to you? And I think that like, even if I had this conversation, honestly, like after one of the articles I wrote, I had this really deep conversation with someone from social media I never met. 
And he was a guy and he's like, I live in like Vermont somewhere. And he's like, there's like no people of color here, like whatever. So he said for him, like, you know, he doesn't really have access to other people around him, but like Mm. social media is a way that he can connect with other people and learn from other people. So like follow people that don't look like you follow people who have different perspectives from you. Um, follow people that will like challenge you to think in different ways. Because like you're saying, Ashley, what is so true is like, if you're only, if your circle is only people like you and that's not your situation, but like if your circle is people that just look and think like you, then you don't even necessarily even know that there's anything else to think about. You wouldn't know. No. Right. So really, really challenge people to like broaden their perspectives, broaden the people that are around. And that can be as simple as starting on social media and following people that don't look like you, people that have different perspectives and being open. Like, and so when you start like having a lot of these conversations, even like if you're on social media and you're like reading someone's, you can get, I think there's a tendency to be like, feel very defensive right away. Yeah. I don't do that. Or that would not, that's not me or whatever. And I really challenge people to like, um, just sit with their feelings a little bit and don't be quick to be like, no, I don't do that. Oh, I'm not a racist. I don't do that. You know, I'm not a misogynist or whatever it is. Like sit with those feelings a little bit and really like think about the ways in which you operate in the world. Um, and one thing we always have, I've had this conversation with a lot is about the word privilege and people get really defensive when they hear the word like white privilege because they're like, no, I'm not privileged. I worked really hard my whole life. And like just doing the work to like use Google and, and try to understand what that actually means because white privilege doesn't actually mean that you didn't work hard. Mm-hmm. That you just have, right? It has nothing to do about you worked or did not work hard. So I really challenge people to like, you know, when things come up that you feel very defensive about, take the time to sit with those feelings and really start to think, well, why am I feeling this way? And also take the time to like do a little research like about what these things actually mean um, so that you can have a better understanding of them. I fully agree with, with everything that you said. And like I said, it really just has to do with like, what am I exposed to? Where did I grow up? Um, and in many parts of the United States there, you know, that's the reality of like that guy from Vermont, you know, they yeah. are in Milwaukee where things are just might be not as much of a melting pot and right. not as much diversity and inclusivity. And you had written something, I can't remember when you wrote it, but it was something, uh, I think, coming off of like this thing that happened at Starbucks. Yeah. And you and your husband like being deliberate about where you walk around. And I was like, what? Like, I just it. I just didn't know what to um, like. That's something that I had never really been exposed to either. Um, Yeah. That because that doesn't happen where. You know, I, uh, you know, where it just hasn't been my own experience or anybody that I really, you know, it's just not something that I've been exposed to. So I was kind of shocked when I heard that, like that, that is a reality too. And that just goes back to my own, you know, lack of education in um, that, in that area. Well, it's interesting because I got a lot of people responding. So a lot of people responded were like, I can't believe that this is like the reality it's so interesting because that's why I shared a lot of it was like a it was trending on on Twitter like living while black people are sharing experiences because I think like if you don't live in a black body or or or, or, yeah if you don't live in a black body you don't have to necessarily think about those things Mm because they don't happen to you right yeah and so like for people of color or people that are particularly talking about black Americans um like that's not 
these are just normal experience, normal, which is sad because it's a very normal experience, but like those are just normal experiences, but the other people don't even have to think about. So like when you think about what happened to the two guys at, at Starbucks in Philly, like that's Philadelphia, right? Like the quote unquote city of brotherly love, like there's tons of, of mixture of different like types of people in Philadelphia and that happened in Philadelphia. So, I mean, those are the kind of things that happen literally all over the country all the time in terms of like, we talk about like driving while black, like it's not even really a joke. Like that's yeah. actually, it's actually a thing, but like walking while black, anything while black, like, um, and so I haven't really been sharing as much lately in my social media cause I've been busy with other things, but there's been like the, like people like, for example, like two weeks ago, the police, uh, some people call the police on four black women in the golf course because they were going too slow. And like, why would you call the police on oh someone? And the police showed up. And there was another incident last week where they, a white woman called the police on some black people at the park because they were barbecuing. Like, it doesn't even make sense. And I also don't understand like why the police keep showing up for these things. And so then it gets into a deeper conversation about police brutality and how black bodies are criminalized in this country. So, I mean, yeah, it's interesting, but I think so many people just don't have to deal with that because again, we talk about like, if you walk around in a body that is not black, like you most likely aren't going to have those same type of experiences on the regular, not that you will never have them, but don't aren't having those experiences on the regular. So it's not really something that you would even realize as a, as a thought. Right. But that is a consideration for me and my husband all the time when we're going somewhere, like, where are we going? What's it going to be like? Um, we were on a road trip last summer we're always really careful, like not careful, but cognizant of where you are on road trips. We were at a road trip and we stopped at a gas station in like Southern Illinois, which is basically the South. So mm-hmm. we were getting gas and this guy had a shirt off and like he had a swatch to cut on his chest. Like it's just, you know, so you just become really <sighs> these things all the time. Um, and so the experiences that I share that day, particularly after Starbucks is just like, this is, the basically this is the reality like you always I always feel on guard when I'm going into public spaces because you just need to be careful about like who's around what's going to happen um all those kind of things yeah and I'm so happy that you're talking about it because you know I'm learning so much because like I was one of those people too who saw that what you were writing and I was just like I can't believe that um so yeah thank you for for sharing that. And I feel now really knowing about all of this, I'm like, how can I just not talk about it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, so another thing that you asked me too, is like, if you don't really know how to talk about these things yet, like how you do it. And so one thing I always say to people is like, I get it. Like if this is a newer like thing for you and you don't feel like educated enough to be like educating other people, right? Exactly. Like, I don't even know enough. I I'm always tell people, like, a go-to is just sharing other people's articles or sharing a snippets mm. of people talked about on your social media or on your story or whatever. Because I get it. Like, if you this is new to you, you're learning, you don't really feel in the place to be like, no, nah, I'm going to educate other people. I think sharing from people, other people's voices is always um, an easy way to talk about it without having to try to verbalize it yourself. That's such a great tip and yeah. a great place for me to start and for um, anybody that's listening that is curious and feels, you know, um, kind of a need to talk about these things, especially if you're somebody who is like you talk about so much and the work that you're doing in the fitness space about inclusivity and trying to expose other, you know, colors and shapes and things that we might not be, you know, normally exposed to because of the current climate of our society but, you know, for the past, this is, I'm happy this is happening because it's really in only in the past few years that 
it's even become a conversation. Yes. I think too, um, like I am obviously not a Donald Trump fan at all. Um, but I will say that one of the, not good things that happened, but one of the things that happened because he's in office is that like racism hasn't actually changed. It's like, it's increased all of a sudden, like these are the same people that have always been racist. It's just that he didn't empower them to be outward with their racism versus inward with it. Or that he's empowered people to be like, Oh, it's cool. It's okay to be a racist. Like the president's saying these things, I can say these things. Um, so I don't actually think the climate has changed in terms of racism. I think that people just feel more empowered to speak their truth in terms of their racism. Mm -hmm. Um, and in some ways, I I kind of appreciate the fact that he's done that. And the reason I say that is because, like, we had a black president for eight years. So I think a lot of us, and I say us meaning, like, myself, um, people of color, we thought that things were better because, like, we'd elected a black president. Um, and so I think that we kind of, like, felt a little bit, like, at ease about the climate of the U.S. Um, but actually, like, that's just – that wasn't the case, right? <laughs> like, it just yeah. wasn't. And so he has brought out the people who have always felt that way, but now they feel more empowered to say that. And honestly, like when it comes to racism, I really prefer people to be like, if you're a racist, just let me know. Because then I like, I don't like pretend, not pretend racist. I don't like closet racist. Yeah. Uh, I would rather people to know where people stand because I can just, I know exactly who you are. Um, And so I think it really has shifted. It's opened up the eyes of people who really maybe weren't aware that racism is such a big problem in this country um uh because of of donald trump so yeah. i think like he's showing the climate of, of the country that's always really been the climate but it's now more visible yeah and and i'm admitting that i was one of those people yeah. um that just was not aware because um I, I don't know why you know like i just wasn't and i'm glad now that my eyes are kind of opening up and um I'm glad that so many voices are coming out and talking about this because it's so important. Um, but shifting gears a little bit over to strength and yeah. you talk about that a lot. And I know that for me, when I started, I kind of have that same story. Like, you know, she's weak. She can't, you know, do any, whatever, any strength moves or whatever. She can only walk. Um, when I began to feel that in my body, it, translated into other areas as well so tell us the impact that strength had on your life and how people can begin to feel that in in their own yeah for sure so I talked a little bit about like when I started powerlifting like I just was like oh my god this is so cool like this is fun it really had a, a shift on like in terms of uh, my goals for my body because I talked about I only wanted to be skinny like that really wasn't a like after some time, it wasn't like that wasn't my focus anymore. My focus was really on feeling strong, feeling confident in my body. Um, and just like this newfound like freedom with that, like I could be strong and it was really cool. Um, and then, um, it really helped me to start like, Oh, I want to start working. Maybe I want to start coaching women. And then also like writing, like when I was younger as a child, like I spent all my time writing and I was just like, oh, I'm going to be a writer when I grew up. And then like I went to college and it was just like, well, people aren't writers. Like that's not reality, even though they are, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had like stopped writing. Um, and so then I started blogging again or I started blogging period. Not again. I started blogging. I started writing again. Um, and it just opened up this whole new arena for me. And like now when I look back at things or things I'm doing now, like I could never have imagined myself doing any of those things years ago. Um, and so like, for example, this past weekend, I, um, hosted a, 
two-day um, event. It was the first day was a powerlifting seminar. We did hands-on coaching on the bench squat and deadlift. And the second day was a mock meet. And I ho- co-hosted it with a friend of mine, um, JVB. Um, and it was such an incredible event. Like it was like magical. Like I can't even, I still have the words to like really verbalize how amazing it was, but I never would have seen myself doing that. Like, you know, even three or four years ago, um, that just wasn't a person who's not strong would not be hosting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was really an amazing weekend and, and it was really full circle for me because like JVB is one of the first people that I started following online. She was a power lifter and I'm like, man, she is just so cool. Like this woman is badass, Right. Um, and I was like, I just really want to be friends with her one day. And then like, you know, fast forward three, I don't know, that probably was like three years ago, maybe, um, maybe three and a half. I'm not really sure. I'd have to go back and check actually. So probably like three or three and a half years ago, um, I was saying that. And then like now we're doing these events together and we're hosting it and we're going to plan another one. And it's just like, amazing. Whole, it's amazing. And like everything in my life now is because started with strength, like where I am, my trajectory and my career and what I'm doing now is because of strength. That's amazing. And like we have been highlighting for this whole conversation that like once you build it in one area, it can come in so many others and you can really surprise yourself like Absolutely. with the things that you can do. Like, whoa, look at all these things that I've accomplished. Yeah. You know, looking at people uh, like me in the mastermind and like you looking at JVB being like, I want to be friends with those people. Yeah. And now through like little small steps, deliberate action taking up space, owning your worth, owning who you are, walking around like you own yourself and you embody yourself, amazing things can happen, Absolutely. even if they're slowly, even if it's even slow. If they're slowly, right? Even if they're slowly, amazing things can happen. And I think that's what's my advice for people who are like maybe just starting out in the fitness industry or, or want to do coaching or training or anything like that is to realize the importance of like what we were just talking about, these inter- incremental steps, because it does not just show up overnight. And the thing that I can say about myself, and I'm sure you'd say the same thing about yourself too, is that like every day wasn't like we weren't, I, I can't be like every day I showed up and worked as hard as I could necessarily. I yeah. mean, there's, yeah. but I can't say that I showed up every day and I did something, even if it's one small thing in your business every day, like it doesn't have to be every, every day. You're not going to be able to go at a hundred every day, you know? But even, especially if you're working, because I was working a full-time job this whole time. So um, I may not be able to show up as much as I could, but if I can show up every day and do one or two things for my business, even if they're small things, those things really, really add up. Um, and the other thing I'd say too is like when you're first getting started, it's really can be difficult and challenging because you feel like no one's, no one's reading what you're writing. No one's um, paying attention. And you're like, I don't really need to do this because no one's reading it anyways. Um, and it's actually just the opposite. Like you got to stay consistent and you got to keep showing up even when you feel like no one's reading it. Because like we said, one day, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, all these people are here. They didn't just one day. Right. It was those incremental steps that you were taking every day. So, um, those little small things matter and they add up and you just never know like what those small actions, where the course of things are going to go, what direction they're going to go in. But great things, great things happen when you just keep consistent and do a little bit every day. Yep, one drop in the bucket. That's what I think, like just one little tiny thing and one day you have like a gallon or whatever it is. Um, And I think it's an important point what you said too about like, you know, it doesn't have to be 100 miles per hour every single day. And that's the way I operate. Like, oh, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to get it done. I'm going to like burn myself out. And that actually isn't sustainable either. And you're probably not going to be doing your best work um, if you're forcing yourself and burning yourself out uh, every day. 
Right. And you and I've been there too, where I'm just like going and going and going and then I hit this place and I'm like, I can't go. Anymore. I can't, just can't do it. I can't do anything. So that's a really important place point too, that there has to be a balance. And you definitely have to and I'm I'm this is something I'm actually not great at so I'm working on is like self-care is really important and I, I it's, it's funny because I always preach self-care with my clients but it's like that's the one of the things I don't follow as well myself it's so, um, so it's really important though to 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 have a balance so yeah what are some of the ways that you show yourself self-care oh man um <laughs> <laughs> if or some of the things that you would like to do I would like to do more um so well, I live in Wisconsin, so it's cold here a lot of the year. But now that it's warmer, I'm like trying to be conscious about taking a break to just get out away from my phone, away from the computer and just walk um, and just get some fresh air and just take a break in that way. So that's really helpful for me. My sleep schedule is not great right now. Um, so one of the things I really want to work towards is getting a more consistent like seven to eight hours of sleep. Um, I think that would be really, really great for me. <laughs> so that's one of the things I'd really like to do. And then I eventually, um, I'm leaving my full-time job soon. So that will Woo-hoo. probably, yeah, I'm excited about that. So that will be able to change up some of my, um, some of it, but I would also like a, to eventually take one day off a week where I just like, don't necessarily have to work unless I just want to. Yeah. Um, so I would like to work towards that as well. I mean, I do other things. I don't like, I always get my nails done and stuff like that, but I don't really consider that self-care because yeah. I'm always, feel like really rushed when I'm doing it like I don't feel like I'm actually like it's not like a spa day so. yeah no it's like just got got to make them look pretty you know good so I can keep living right but, yeah <laughs> um, I'd like to do that and then just make more consistent time so what I find I, I really enjoy reading a lot like I really love to read but when I I find that like when I'm busy with a lot of projects I put that on like the back burner as like um I don't have the time for that right now even though it's really important so just to get more um consistent with like a morning routine actually is what I really want to get more consistent with I had one for a while that I was really doing well with, and then things got crazy, and I got out of that habit. So, And it's so easy to just be like, well, I'm not going to do that. You know, to say like, oh, there's more important things to do, things I need to accomplish. Um, so for me, it's been – that's something that I've been working on too, like definitely trying to take one day off per week, which usually yeah. doesn't happen. Right. Um, <laughs> like it really – like I'm like, today I'm going to take the day off, and then nope, it's not, it's not happening yeah. today. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just important to be deliberate about it and to not beat yourself up when it doesn't happen either. And I've been trying to have the conversation like on my social media too, like kind of exactly what you said that like to me, uh, even though I always have my nails done and I always try to maybe get a massage like every once in a while, that to me isn't actually self-care because it's like what I'm having self-care like once a month. (laughs) or or like two hours a month like my self-care is the way I talk to myself it's um you know how I react to like those days where I don't feel good in my body um or if I ate something that like really doesn't feel good like how am I going to react to those things um because those thoughts still too like you say too they come up sometimes so how am I going to react to myself like with compassion? That to me is like the real self-care, like the daily stuff. Um, and then the nails and whatever else is fun too, but that doesn't embody it all. No, I agree with you. And it's really right where you said like, how am I going to, and even like, I don't, I know it's a, being a recovering perfectionist, I'm probably my own worst critic. So me too. definitely like being hacked instead of like, how am I giving, am I showing myself compassion, right? Um, so yeah, I love that you talked about that too. Yeah. Uh, so here on this show and 
kind of in what I talk about, I'm starting to talk about it a little bit more is like the older I get, um, the more I see like, or the more I lean on like the power of the universe Mm -hmm. and source and whatever you want to call it. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's something that you like have like a, maybe not even a practice, but if it's something that you believe in, because you're somebody who is so like mission and passion oriented, um, that I'm just wondering if that's like, you know, involved in your life at all. Yeah, definitely. And like, I think probably like in the last year I've, I've started to like dabble more in things of like the universe and manifestation. Um, and I actually like totally am into it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So I think, I think there's, I really do believe in like manifestation and like the universe always has our best or the universe always works out for us, but works things out for us. But I also think that there's like two, so I think there's people who are so into manifestation, but they always forget, like, I believe that you also have to be like doing the work. Yeah. Right. Like you can't just be like, I'm a cynic, I'm going to manifest this and like, I'm whatever. Yeah. So, you know, I think that it's too, for me anyways, it's twofold. It's the practical side of like actually taking action. But I definitely believe in manifestation and I feel like there's been several things that I don't even think I intentionally manifested in my life, but I totally think I did, even though they're like small things. I'll give you one example that I feel like I totally manifested in my life. Um, So a few years ago, probably like two, two and a half years ago, um, I follow Girls Gone Strong um, and they were doing – so exactly, this is is all. Now I'm even – I realize how much I manifested this. So – Girls Gone Strong did a spotlight. They have these things called spotlights, and it's like a spotlight of a, a athlete or what a coach, trainer, whatever. It can be all different types of things. So <clears throat> that's where I first found out about JBB actually, because they did an athlete. They did a spotlight on her. It wasn't. It's not called an athlete spotlight. They just did a GGS spotlight on her. And I read her spotlight. This is like right when I started following GGS. I read her spotlight. I was like, oh my god, she's cool. She's badass. This is awesome. And so I remember specifically saying like, I want to be her friend one day. I told you that earlier. And then I also said like, oh. This is like totally, this is, this is weird. But I remember specifically saying to myself, like, oh, one day GGS is going to do a spotlight on me. Right. Mm. I literally was just like dabbling. Like I was training in person. I had not started my online platform yet. And so I don't even know where that thought came from, but I was just like, oh, it's going to happen like one day. And that was kind of it. Like, and I just moved on with life. So I think it was probably a year ago now, maybe a little bit longer, um, out of the blue, it probably is a little bit longer, but out of the blue, Molly from Girls Gone Strong um, emailed me. She got my email address from Jill, and they were putting together this article about um, my body is flawless. Yeah. And so she asked me, like, if I wanted to contribute to the article. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I had no idea. Like, I don't know why she decided to ask me. I don't know. So I wrote it up really quick. It was like a really fast turnaround. And I get it right back to them. And then they were like, oh, thanks so much. And they're like, by the way, we want to do a spotlight on you. And I was like, what? (laughs) That's not even what I was expecting. Totally out of the blue. Like, so I feel like I manifested that because like I, it was just, I remember the day that it all happened. Um, And then with JVB, the first way reason we actually met is because, um, or started talking, I should say, is because she would, at the time, like later, she was doing virtual powerlifting meets where you would just do your list at your gym and send in videos. And like, it was a virtual meet. It was really cool, actually. So I signed up for her virtual meet and she hit me in the DMs and was like, oh my God, girl, you are strong. And so that's when we first started talking. So yeah, I mean, I really believe in it. Yeah. yeah. And, and what you said is spot on because like, I started believing in this stuff like, oh, kind of a while ago, but like, 
halfway because it was only like the secret we're like mm, i'm just gonna think about a car and then it's just gonna yeah. come magic you know <laughs> and and i really thought that i was like this is amazing i don't have to do any work things are just gonna like show up i wish it worked like that <laughs> i know right then i wouldn't have to do anything but really in the past like probably year two years i really tried to be like intentional with my intentions and like the energy that i bring to myself to other people just like thinking about it you know and and thinking about like what do i actually want for my life and what do i want my life to look like and who do i want and really surrounding myself with like-minded people um and these things are not things that will happen without action like i really want people to understand that so you really do need like that intention setting, kind of like really thinking about what you want, believing that you deserve it, which is something that you talked about before. And believe, cause like if we say to ourselves, kind of like, I love my body, that yeah. thing, like, oh, um, I deserve this. If we just like say it and like inside our self worth, um, yeah. you know, narrative doesn't believe that, it's not going to come. Exactly. So it's really about doing that work of dismantling those narratives that we have. To let in the space, um, you know, to for these things to happen in our lives while we act on them and then trusting that it'll happen. I think that's a big part of it, too. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And it's definitely like with intentions. I think what's so important is that like what you said, you can't just say it like you have to internalize and actually believe it. It's not just the words coming out of your mouth. You have to believe it inside as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, it you can even practice, too, like with little things. Like, for example, I'm trying to manifest things as well and I kind of always am um, with the business, like with other stuff. And there's little signs that can show you that you're on, on the right path. Like, I'll give you a small example of a small manifestation that I had recently. I had been we're going to Mexico um, in like two weeks. We're going to Cabo with our mastermind group. And I was like, oh, I want to buy a new dress or whatever. I was like, I really want a floral wrap dress. Yeah. And my mom, um, I'm getting married. So we went wedding dress shopping um, a couple weeks ago. And my mom had this dress on and she's like, oh, I don't like it. It's too short for me. So she's like, whatever. So then like I went to her house the next day and she's like, here you go. I don't want this dress anymore. And it was a floral wrap dress. No way. Yeah. See? That's yeah. So totally an example of manifesting and, and and I think like what you're saying too like we talked about work but I also think that there are like that was just manifesting a smaller thing in your life but mm -hmm. like I don't necessarily think you had to like work for that right like it no. just was a, yeah exactly so. and and that just like was a little signal to me it's not like oh my god the floral dress but it's like okay it works yeah. like no that's major and it's really about like letting um you know believing in it trusting it and then letting it go, like yes. not thinking about how it's going to come, not thinking, not like grasping at it and being desperate and having like this desperate energy. Um, but yeah, so like that happened. And then like we were talking about my course earlier. I was like, I really want 20 people and I got 20 people. Um, so little things like that. So like just practice and have fun with those things. But I'm really into that entire world and I'm learning about it. I even became a Reiki practitioner. No um, way. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Yeah. So I've already had like some of the girls in the mastermind be like, can you do Reiki on me in Mexico? Um, <laughs> so I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably have like my little room set up. <laughs> like, um, but so, yeah. So I just love that world. And I could kind of tell by like, 
you know, being around you, I could kind of tell that you believed in that stuff too. So it's cool to hear you talk about it. Um, So thank you so much for being on the show. I had such a great time. Um, We're kind of wrapping up now. I always ask people three questions at the end. Um, The first is that we kind of talked about reading. I'm a huge reader too. And it's something that I love so much, but I let it go. It's like the first thing that goes away when I have a lot going on. So what are some of the books that have had the biggest impact on you or books that you're reading right now that are speaking to you? Oh man, there's so many good books. Um, so the only, I'm not, I'm not knee deep in a book. So there's a lot of books that, that have had a really big impact on me. Um, but I say the book that I'm reading right now, cause I, I just mentioned I haven't like prioritized my reading as much as I would like lately. So, um, I was reading two books and I haven't finished either one of them yet. But one of the books, so I actually just, for the first time in like, I don't even know how long, I read a fiction book, or I'm reading a fiction book. Um, I had been so caught up in just like reading books, I guess self-help, personal development type books, which are great. They're fantastic. But I was just like um, talking to a friend about writing and like what can improve writing. And one of the things is like, you know, writing, reading nonfiction. I mean, reading fiction, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Because like your creativity in new ways that you don't think about. And so I was like, Hey, I'm going to get out fiction books. I wrote, got picked up this book called the hate you give. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not through it. I haven't finished it, but it's a, it's a fictional book about a 16 year old girl who witnesses her friend get shot, um, at the hands of like police brutality, basically. Um, and it's just her experience of being the only person in the car. And is she going to speak out and say something or whatever. And I love the book, but I also what I love so much about it is that I, I did forget how much reading fiction is good for your imagination. Yes. Like you picture the scenes and like you're creating like visuals of what's happening, what these people look like. And I was like, Oh my God, I need to do this more often. So yeah, I'm reading that one right now and it's really great so far. And then the other book I've been reading is I, it's a poetry book. So I just read a little bit of it every day and it's by Cleo Wade. It's called Hard Talk. Oh, I want to um, get that book. Yes. And I'm a huge fan of Cleo. Um, and the book is beautiful. So I just read a little bit or read a section every day. Um, even if I don't have a lot of time or I feel like I don't have time, I just read a little bit of this. So yeah. Awesome. Love those. And I am a big fan of fiction too, but I never read it because I'm like waste of time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know it's good. So, but I'm enjoying it. So. Yeah. Um, and I like doing it, but it's like, my brain is like always thinking like you need to read something that's, you know, self-development or whatever. Um, but that's something I'm hoping to do as well. Uh, something I ask the guests, all of them, and I love getting the answer to this question. It's a little bit of a morbid question, but, um, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? And there's no limitations. Oh, I mean, pizza and donuts. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were going to say donuts. I love it. Too, I don't know, but definitely donuts, pizza for sure. Awesome. Delicious. Um, And the last question I ask everybody is, what is the greatest piece of advice that you've ever been given? Kind of a big question, too. It doesn't need to be fancy. That's a good question. Um, (laughs) Biggest piece of advice I've ever been given. I I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can narrow it down to that, but I think one piece of advice that's really been helpful for me is to not worry about what other people are thinking. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time, years, formative years, like, oh, what is this person going to think if I do this? What is this person going to think? And actually, like, I think that the best thing is just take the action that you want to take and don't be concerned about what other people think because 
also like you'll never please everybody anyway. Someone's always going to have something to say about what you think or you do. So um, worry less about what other people think and just be yourself. Such good advice. Um, I love that. And that's something that I've been kind of focusing on for the past, definitely the past year. Um, So I love that. So thanks again for coming on the show and tell, tell people where they can find you and what you have going on right now. Sure. So um, you can find me on Instagram at I am Chrissy King. And on Facebook, I'm Chrissy or Facebook.com backslash Chrissy King Fitness. Um, And what I have going on right now is I'm getting ready to launch a new do it yourself program. It's called Barbell Badass. I'm really, really excited about it. It's a five week, five day a week program. Um, And my intention with this program is that um, everybody can do barbell work, even if you don't have a lot of time. So the workouts all include barbell work, but they're 45 minutes or less. Um, And they, I've been beta testing them for the last six weeks or so. And the feedback is great. People are loving the workout. So I'm super excited about it. It's releasing on the 22nd of May. Um, So I'm really, really pumped for this launch and this program. And um, it's a nine week program. And I'm I'm just excited because I think people are going to love it. And every time I put something out in the world, it's a little nerve wracking, but I'm I'm excited about it because I think um, people are really going to enjoy it. So that's awesome. And it's always scary. It never gets easier. Um, I don't think but I know you have a great intention behind it. And this podcast is actually going to come out on May 22nd. Oh, perfect. So, so people will be able, you guys go buy it right now that <laughs> uh, you're listening. Um, so perfect. Make sure you check Chrissy out on Instagram, on Facebook. She has amazing social media posts and yeah, get her Barbell Badass program. And thank you again for coming on the show, Chrissy. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.